0: Welcome to the Lightcast Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gast, registered Associate Marriage and Family Therapist. I talk openly about mental health to normalize and cast light on the shadows of the human experience. Tune in for monthly episodes based on themes that intuitively arise for me personally and professionally. Disclaimer, the Lightcast Podcast, including any references and resources, are for informational purposes only. Anything said should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or intervention. My podcast may cover sensitive topics, including but not limited to abuse, suicide, violence, mental illness, sex, drugs, and alcohol. Your discretion is advised. On this episode of the Lightcast podcast, I discuss the importance of self-love and its relationship to extending compassion to others. I shed light on how judgment and criticism act as defense mechanisms against our own insecurities. I also discuss how knee-jerk emotional reactions are opportunities for self-reflection. Hello there it is december the holiday season is upon us i hope everybody is taking good care of themselves the season can bring up a lot of things for folks you know the cold can bring on a lot of sadness and you know the holidays also hold a lot of memories and meeting with family which can bring up a lot of emotions for folks. So I hope everybody is taking good care of themselves, practicing good self-care and boundaries as we approach the holidays. So speaking of emotional reactions, um, something that we're going to talk about today, so the theme, the theme of, you know, the podcast today, what has been coming up for me as a clinician, but also what seems to be an important message right now coming up in life in general is the importance of self-love. So the importance of self-love was ringing very much as a theme this last month, the importance of that, your self-love relationship with yourself, your capacity for self-compassion for yourself and how that relates to your capacity to extend compassion to others. And so the second part of the title of this episode is how judgment can act as a mirror to self-reflection. So we're going to break it down and we're going to start with knee-jerk reactions, right? So as I'm talking about emotional reactions from maybe family at the holiday season or what have you this this applies all year long right but especially kind of heading into the season when emotions can get triggered up a lot when we're around family or the time of the year things like that so i just want everyone to think of a time when they felt like they had a knee-jerk reaction i think sometimes you can feel your blood boiling you can feel just on edge, like you can feel like you're about to jump out of your skin sometimes. Like sometimes we have just these knee jerk reactions, they're very visceral in the body. And if there's any takeaway from this whole podcast, it's that knee jerk reactions are an opportunity for self reflection. Okay, so if you take away anything, I'm gonna just put that right out there that the takeaway is that knee jerk reactions are an opportunity to self-reflect. We want to observe them so we can understand them. Okay, but but first let's talk about the knee-jerk reaction. So we have knee-jerk reactions all the time and it's common and it's natural. And sometimes in those, we tend to pass a judgment or a criticism Onto somebody else, when we have a knee jerk reaction that has to do with someone else's appearance or behavior, a mistake they made, a shortcoming we think they have, a mood that they're in. Okay, so sometimes we will have a knee jerk reaction and it's in our body this like emotional reaction that maybe manifests as frustration or embarrassment or shame or any of these kind of emotions that are getting triggered up by somebody else's being, something that they're doing, a way of talking, um, any of that. Okay. It might sound like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe so-and-so said that, like that was so embarrassing, right? Or like they did this thing and they showed up this way and like, Oh, how embarrassing or like, Oh my gosh, that person, like what an like what a stupid mistake right like that was so easy like what a like look at that mistake they made or something like oh you know so-and-so like really let themselves go like they're really not looking like their best huh or like gosh that person is just so sensitive like ugh, their emotions like ugh, they're just so frustrating like why can't they just get over ugh, this thing that they're going through it's just they're being so sensitive right? All of these are these kind of, there's an emotion that it's getting triggered, right? Like, oh God, that's embarrassing. Or like, God, that's frustrating. Like why are they acting like that? Or there's this judgment that gets past a criticism, maybe gets past. But there's something to say that like when someone's acting a certain way, or when someone says a certain thing, dresses a certain way, or whatever it is, that something about their being is triggering up such a bodily, like, reaction, your heart's racing, your blood's boiling, you're just wanting to ick out of your skin, or just so frustrated you feel like you're going to blow, like, that, that's, like, a big feeling coming up, right, just from someone else's being, and it can be really easy to just say, like, hey, you're doing this thing, and, like, that's, stop it, (laughs) because it's making me feel something, right? But it 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 does take some self-reflection to understand like, okay, well, why is this person doing this making me have such a response, right? Making me have this response to want to like judge them or, you know, criticize them. So when you have a judgment, it is an opportunity to catch yourself and like, well, why am I judging? Well, okay. If I'm judging them, like maybe I should look inward. That's an opportunity to self-reflect. So We have these visceral reactions in the body, like these emotional triggers that come up in response to someone. They, in my foundation of therapy, this is my belief, is that there are old wounds, old trauma or pain that's in the body that gets triggered up by some factor, right? Like something, some factor, some thing, some behavior. Something triggers this emotion in the body that could come from this old, shadowy, unconscious wound that is getting triggered up to be seen, to be felt, to be accepted, so that it can be integrated into your body, into your sense of self, so that that pain can transmute and be released from your body. It can release this what otherwise would be this stagnant energy of old pains or wounds or emotional baggage that can feel like these landmines that are just waiting to get triggered, right? And like a lot of time, this is what people come to therapy for, right? Like I keep having this response, I keep having this feeling and I kind of want it to stop or I want to figure out better ways to deal with it, right? That, that's the goal. And it's because we're not meant to be fixed. If we're having some kind of reaction, it's for a reason. We just have to understand what is it that this emotion is trying to communicate to me. And when we have judgment, we have criticism in there, it can kind of blind us from realizing that, oh, maybe that maybe that's a me thing. Maybe that has nothing to do with this person, but more so it's it says more about me right now that I'm having this reaction. And so when these triggers come up, Right, I'm saying that it's an opportunity to feel that emotional triggers asking to come up to the light so that it can be released, so that you don't have these emotional landmines that just feel like they get triggered up when someone does this or says this or acts this way. Okay, so it's an opportunity to look at that response. And how we respond to that trigger can either bridge connection with people or ourselves, or it can also sever and separate that connection as well. And we've seen people respond in not good ways to triggers. It can start arguments. It can start just the cycle of fighting um, and just keep going on and on. So there are ways to respond to this trigger and they can either bridge that connection or it can separate it and cause contention in all of that. But what we're going to focus on is how we respond to the trigger and how this relates to one's relationship with themselves. So to talk about this, I want to go back to something I have talked about and referenced in other podcasts, which is the ego. Okay, so our ego is a very primal and protective part of our being. It is is just ingrained in our survival to respond when there is a fear response in the body. And we have a fear response, but I'm talking about that visceral reaction. All of that, like, right, the, the heart pumping, the like, I, I feel activated in my body right now, right? The sense of anxiety or, or activation. It is a fear response in the body. That's It's responding to something that is coming off as a threat to your body. So our ego is rooted in fear. It's a fear response. It comes out to protect us. Okay, so it, it, ha- it serves a great purpose and protection, which is why we don't want to judge it. There's why we don't want to try to just avoid it or say we need to fix it. It's, it's serving some kind of intentional purpose to protect your body from something that is registering it as a threat. And that is the emotional trigger that is maybe related to a trauma or an old wound or pain. And that fear response is genuine to your body. But what will happen is that our ego will try to defend and protect us when this fear response comes through in our body. And one of the defense mechanisms that our ego will put in place is judgment. So... Carl Jung, a one of the founding kind of fathers of psychotherapy, ha- first said that everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. So everyone is a mirror to us. We're all humans, we're, we all share insecurities and strengths and emotions and reactions and we're all on this earth trying to do the same thing, just get through our journey, get through our life, live it the best that we can. And there's a shared collective journey that we all go on. We all come from different backgrounds and different sets of experiences, of course. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we're all just trying to do our best here. So when everyone is a mirror to us, when there's irritation, as Carl Jung says, right, when there's irritation that's get getting provoked by someone, when there's judgment and criticism and frustration or embarrassment associated with someone else, it is an opportunity to self-reflect, and it can lead to a better understanding of ourselves. So that's what I mean by knee-jerk reactions or an opportunity to self-reflect. So let's talk about what that could mean, right? Like what maybe relationship we have to ourselves and how that relates to the judgment that we put in place as a defense mechanism. So we may have high expectations of people, can put pressure for people to uphold some kind of personal standard of ours. That's maybe when we judge someone's shortcomings or what feels like a lack of effort or laziness, right? Like any of these kind of judgmental words of, right? Oh, that was so easy. Like, I can't believe they couldn't achieve to this standard. And we're going to now judge and judge them personally for this shortcoming, right? So that expectation, that pressure to uphold that standard that gets projected and placed on this person can be a direct reflection of the expectation and pressure you uphold yourself to. It could be the standard that you hold yourself up to. So if you judge yourself, if you're like, you know, right, I have these really high expectations of what I want to achieve, what status I want to be at, like my work quality, my work productivity, my ambition all of these expectations that we set for ourselves can then get projected onto other people. And that projection, right, and that, like, judgment for their inability to meet that expectation, the, like, judgment, the criticism, the lack of compassion and understanding can reflect the lack of understanding we have to ourselves, So um, when you extend love and compassion and acceptance to your own darkness, to your own mistakes, to your own insecurities, to your own shortcomings, if you're able to extend love and compassion and acceptance to all that good, bad, and the ugly that we all have within ourselves, if you're able to do that for yourself, you have a greater capacity to extend that to other people. Right? So like another example is if we're judging someone's expression of themselves, the way they dress, um, the way they hold themselves, the way their mannerisms right any of these like ways somebody expresses themselves. If you're finding that we have judgment on how someone expresses themselves, there may be, this may just reflect really one's own expressions that have not been integrated into their sense of self. So that means that there may be parts of one's own expression that have been held back, that have been judged, that have been rejected. There may be parts of your own expression that have not been met with kindness or understanding or love or acceptance. Maybe it was only met with abandonment or being told it was too much or weird, right? Like there's there's these things that we learn over time with how people have met us in our lives. We can hold these narratives about our self-expression. And so if there are parts of one's own self-expression that haven't been met with acceptance, and it hasn't been integrated into their actual self-esteem and their relationship with their own self-expression, that may come out as judging other people's expression of themselves. So if we have not yet accepted those parts of ourselves, right? And we've actually lived our own experience, right? Like we are the ones who have gone through our our hardships, our achievements, our struggles, our traumas, right? Like if we have lived our own experience and we have yet to even Offer compassion and love and acceptance to all of those parts of ourselves and what we've gone through and our reactions based off things that we've gone through. How do you expect to be able to extend that kind of compassion and understanding and acceptance to people whose lives you haven't lived? You see what I mean? Like we have lived our own experience. Like we, if we can't even offer that kind of understanding to ourselves seeing what we've gone through and we still pass judgment on ourselves, on our shortcomings, on our own insecurities. How are you going to be able to extend that same compassion to someone whose life you haven't lived, someone's footsteps you haven't walked through? That's so much harder when we don't know people's struggles and we don't know people's backgrounds. And it can be hard to extend compassion when we don't know their story. Right? But it is easier when you've been able to accept your own stories and traumas and reactions, when you've been able to understand your own insecurities, your own judgments of yourself, like when you've been able to integrate that, love yourself for that, for everything that you've gone through in your life, you can extend that to other people. That's where you can build that empathy for other people and in their life in what shoes they have walked in that we don't even know anything about, right? Even if people tell us stuff, there's always more that we don't know because we haven't experienced their life, right? So there, there is a relationship to that of when there's these parts of oneself that hasn't been integrated, right? Maybe I have old wounds of rejection for expressing myself authentically. So when someone comes in just taking up space in the room and being bolsterous and confident and expressing themselves and not caring at all, who judges them and they just are letting their freak flag fly, right? And if I have been someone who has been rejected, maybe as a child, maybe there was wounds in my social life, right? If I have been someone who has been judged for that, I was myself, I was authentic, and I got ridiculed or abandoned or judged for that expression, I may have learned to have, you know, harbored that wound, that pain, that narrative that that's embarrassing or that's weird to express yourself. Then when that person who has fully accepted themselves, they have accepted themselves so much they are fully authentic to themselves and their expression, and they don't care who sees it, who judges it. That person will mirror that wounded part of my self-expression that has not yet been seen, been accepted by my own self, and and loved, and right, and like integrated that into my own being and self-esteem. And so if I haven't done that work, if I haven't looked at that rejection wound, if I haven't looked at the, you know, judgments or criticisms I pass on my own self-expression, I'm going to look at that person who's being themselves wholeheartedly, unapologetically, and I may be like, oh my God, wow. You see how like that person like really thought a lot of themselves or God, like that color that they put, oh my gosh, that was so over the top. Wow. Like so over the top. I was kind of weird. I don't know, like dress normal, right? There's like all these judgments that can come through purely because that person's ability to love themselves and express themselves wholeheartedly, unapologetically, mirrors back to me that wounded part of my self-expression. So when we don't understand... So like, here's another example, because it comes up in relationships a lot too, right? Like when when we have a relationship and someone's reacting some kind of way, maybe your partner's behavior changed, or they kind of were a little snappy in the morning, or there's like something going on, right? Like a mood shift, and that can activate something within your own system of like, right? Like what's going on there, right? Like, why are they acting like that? Some people can, you know, get triggered themselves into their own wounding of like, did I do something wrong, right? So there's all these emotional reactions that you can tune into based off how other people are feeling and acting. But sometimes what can happen, as a couples therapist, I have seen this happen, is that there is this immediate judgment that can get passed when your partner your significant other is reacting some kind of way. And maybe we jump to fill in that narrative. So this is what I will say. That when I don't understand your actions, I am missing part of your story. Right. So when someone, when we don't understand like how they're acting, not right? We don't understand what shifted and we're getting frustrated by that. Like, this is not how they usually act. I don't know why they're acting this way. So I'm going to have this feeling about it. I'm going to get frustrated. But if we're missing some, we are missing something, right? If your partner's mood has shifted and you don't know why, our ego will maybe go into that fear response, right? Maybe we have past traumas. Maybe this mirrors a relationship with a caregiver, triggers our own insecurities, all all that kind of stuff. And so our ego may go into a fear response when we don't understand how someone's behaving or acting. And that ego will fill in some kind of narrative to that behavior that will protect you, but it may put up a defense between the person. So how I said before, right? Like how we respond to that trigger can either bridge connection or it can separate it. So if I, if I have a partner who's acting a certain way and I'm like, oh, well, they're doing this because you know, they're upset at me or they're doing this because they have this quality that like, I just don't like and they need to work through that, whatever it is, that judgment, that narrative that gets put up serves to protect you because it puts distance between you and the other person. Not being able to see, okay, well, maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe there's just something about your actions and I am missing a part of your story. And rather than leaning in with curiosity and compassion and understanding and saying, you know, hey, I noticed like a shift in in your energy or your mood, you know. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Do you need anything? Do you need support? Is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything going on? Like I want to be here for you. I want to understand rather than jumping into a defensive, like they always act like this or like, God, if they're going to be in that mood, well, I'm going to feel this way then, right? Because that's a fear response. The fear response comes up to protect whatever emotional triggers coming up for you based off this person's mood or reaction. And that protection will put up a defense and it'll put up, it won't bridge that connection. So judgment creates that separation rather than connection, right? If I can judge you for how you handled something, well, that's certainly not going to bring us closer. And it's certainly not going to show how we're similar, right? I'm, I'm judging you for how you handled something, but who's not to say I haven't handled something like that in the past, right? Like we've all had our moments. We've all had our moments, right? So when we pass judgment, it's almost trying to say like, right, like maybe I could handle this better. How are you handling it like that? And then that kind of creates a separation rather than being able to extend compassion and understanding and knowing like, Hey, like we're human. Like I have those moments too. And I'm not going to judge you intensely for it, but let me understand. Let me be curious. Let me try to understand this part of your story to help me understand what's going on for you. That can bridge that connection. So when that judgment comes in, and as I said, it's a defense, right? It's a a safety mechanism because if you were to drop your defenses and get closer to this person, that's inviting you to not only meet your own darkness and, you know, not put up a barrier to it, um, but it also, how do I say it? So, like, it not only helps us, like, drop our defenses and like not get closer to this person right and meet our own darkness rather than putting up these barriers to it but also is safety in the sense that if I got closer to you if I if I didn't put up these defenses I would have to show up in all my insecurity all my vulnerability maybe all of these protected parts that maybe were once rejected or judged themselves or abandoned for showing up so authentic. If I drop my defenses, if I drop my judgments, and I lean into compassion, I lean into vulnerability with you and show you mine as well, that's also very vulnerable to show your wounded parts, which could get met with judgment again, that could get met with shame again. Right? So when we when we use judgment, it protects us from having to show up in that vulnerability. It protects those rejected parts of us that are maybe scared to be open and be judged again. So rather rather than lean into that, drop the defenses, lean into those insecurities and shortcomings that we all have and lean with compassion and self-love and love for others, then we're protecting those wounded parts from getting judged ever again. And instead of opening that vulnerability for ourselves, it manifests as this judgment of someone else. So it bridges not only to get closer to that person and not build that understanding with that person and get closer, build that connection with that person, but it also separates a connection to getting to know ourselves showing up in our vulnerabilities more and meeting everyone in that interaction with love and compassion. So that's how even in a relationship, the the reactions, the experiences that you experience in that relationship can mirror how you show up to your own rejected parts, your own wounded parts, Judgment serves as a way to to separate, to divide, to a you versus me. And that serves not only to keep your own wounded parts protected and safe, but it helps you also not have to look at those parts as well. So it's very protective. Judgment is such a protective mechanism for the relationship to our own self and how showing up with other people, it can activate those parts. It can bring up those deep emotional triggers that we can either look at with love and compassion and open it up to vulnerability to look at it and heal it, transmute it with love and compassion. Or we go in a fear-based reaction from our ego that serves to protect us. It's viewing this as a threat. So it's coming up to judge and create distance from connection so that no one gets closer to us. And we can't see the compassion that we need because we're passing judgment on someone else. All right. So we have talked about how knee-jerk reactions are emotional triggers coming up to be looked at, an opportunity to self-reflect on woundings that are underneath, and how our ego will go into a fear response when our emotions are triggered. And... One of those ways that our ego likes to defend is to step in with judgment and how that judgment of other people can often mirror the judgment we have for ourselves. And so we talked about how that judgment protects uh, the wounded parts of ourselves, right? And how it can be hard to tap into that because it's very, very vulnerable. And a lot of times there's woundings underneath there. And so I wanted to spend some time talking about that, right? Like we're talking about the judgment that protects these woundings and how self-love is really important because these woundings can get activated and these protective mechanisms like judgment come to protect it. But let's talk about those wounds for a second because shame with experiencing emotions right, that can manifest as judging other people when they're dealing with tough emotions or they're really going through a hard time. And We have just this shame with emotions that we shame other people. We judge them. We judge ourselves with emotion. Having embarrassment from deep-rooted insecurity for fear of rejection or expressing yourself authentically, right, that can then in turn become embarrassment for other people when they seem to do something that makes you feel more, highlights your more insecurity that's deep-rooted, or that fear of rejection and fear of expressing yourself authentically manifests as judgment for other people, and you're rejecting other people, projecting that to them. All of these things are often inherited and passed down through generational cycles. So when we grow up seeing judgment modeled for us, when we see criticism normalized, shame, and put-downs modeled from grandparent to parent to child, these high expectations and minimal empathy worth being assigned to image and status, being taught that emotions are weak, all of these wounds really hurt, especially if this happened really early on in child development and attachment. I have talked about this in plenty of podcasts if you want to know more about attachment wounds and how deep this goes. But these wounds, right, we're, we're not, we just, we're not just born into this world thinking that it's shameful to cry and it's not okay to be sad and and be depressed for a little while, or um, anxiety is a sign of weakness, or like none of these things, we're not just born having that. A lot of time we are conditioned to have those feelings based off our experiences. Sometimes it's our most earliest experiences with caregivers, or once you get to school and children, other children and peers, right? These social woundings happen. So when all of these wounds are there and someone hasn't been taught that vulnerability is safe and it's acceptable, that these wounds may be hidden away. They're they're not even in the conscious forefront. Maybe they have just been shoved down because it's just been taught not to really go there because it's shameful. And when I do go there, I don't feel good, right? Like this emotional visceral feeling happens and it right body registers it registers it as a threat so it's kind of hidden away or avoided so when all of that wounding that has just been cycles being passed down being modeled and weren't given the the insight that it's okay to feel your feelings it's okay it's not weakness when all those woundings are hurt and they feel so painful that the body doesn't want you to access them, right? That's when we have those emotional landmines and we get really triggered with a disagreement with a coworker, or we have an argument with our significant other, or your child is super overwhelmed with emotion and it's making you feel something, right? All of these moments that we all have moments where we get triggered and activated and a reaction will take place. Right? So when we don't touch that wound and we are not taught that vulnerability is safe and acceptable, there have probably been so many layers of defenses protecting these body, protecting this body from these painful emotions that are tied to some deeper wounds or memories. So every time that there's a child who, has yet to know the pain of rejection for expressing themselves, who has yet to have been shamed for expressing sadness or anxiety, right? And this child who has not had that rejection wound for expressing themselves, or shamed for having emotion, when they show that to a caregiver for the first time, and that caregiver is someone who has had their Own set of rejection wounds that has been passed on from their parents. This insecure attachment that has passed on this belief that like, you will be rejected for showing all parts of yourself, you have to contain your expression. Um, You'll be shamed for being sensitive, right? Because I was shamed for being sensitive. And that's not a good thing. So when this child that hasn't been wounded in this way yet, shows up in that way, that is a mirror to that parent's own unintegrated wounds from their childhood or from their past experiences. That wound will just, right, be an emotional trigger. It'll be this emotional landmine. And when we haven't been taught to like sit with that feeling, sit with that knee-jerk reaction, see and observe if this emotional reaction is coming from somewhere deeper for us, If that has never been taught to feel safe and okay to do, we're just gonna go with the knee-jerk reaction. So that parent may just shame that child for having this emotion because it mirrors their own inner child pain. Or when they express themselves in some way that triggers this wound of rejection and embarrassment for this parent, instead of sitting with that and looking into the deeper pain, right? Because if it hasn't felt safe, it's not going to feel safe to sit with that. So instead, a judgment that shame will get passed on to that child. And the rejection wound will get placed on that child just as it did with that parent, right? And when they were a kid. So that's how these cycles of learning that emotions are shameful, or just passing along that there is a reason to be insecure, because you are going to get rejected when you show up fully as yourself and show all of your emotion to someone. So that's how we don't just get born having these ex- these feelings, right? About your emotion or your expression and rejection. They get taught to us somehow. And so this is like cycles and cycles and generations of this being passed down. Again, this is my foundation in the framework that I work through. And I have seen it with my own clients being what we'd identify as like cycle breakers, where you're maybe someone in the family who feels like a black sheep and you're doing something different. You're noticing these woundings in your family and noticing people reacting from these places. And a lot of times my clients are healing those wounds. And building that insight into rounds like, wow, this has been cycles of this. I can see how this was passed on to me. And, you know, right now, right, a lot of people are kind of awakening to this because of the wealth of knowledge and resource we have access to, right? And that's why there's also being able to heal through this can help you extend compassion and understanding for caregivers and parents who weren't born in a generation that had the resources or knowledge, there was so much trauma and wounding happening there that they didn't have access to know how to heal. So when people identify as a cycle breaker and they're that person trying to do things differently, they're awakening to this realization that these reactions, these knee-jerk reactions have maybe been modeled for me. And they're inheriting this generational fear response and choosing to awaken to that and choose a response that's not, that's not based out of fear, but based out of love and compassion and softening rather than this hardening reaction that comes up. That's a really huge feat, right? Like that's not, that's not easy to do. So commending anybody who does that inner work Because it is generations of shame and pain and insecurities and all of these things that we do get inherited that does get passed down to us. And to be the one to choose to respond rather than react, to choose to observe and self-reflect and choose a path that's not based out of fear is huge, that's a huge accomplishment but it's not to say that it's not really challenging and it can feel really lonely and frustrating as well because you're learning how to deconstruct this fear-based conditioning and taking on that journey of trying to recalibrate your body's response to be able to feel safe to have those emotional triggers come up and know that they're not meant to be avoided Are there that this thing that needs to be fixed, it's this bad thing. It's more of this reacquainting to the language of my body and let me meet it with love and understanding in ways that maybe my family never taught me how to. It was never modeled for me because they never got modeled how to do it either. They were taught to shame this feeling. They were taught to avoid it and that it was scary or weak. So the fact that you're getting in touch with it and learning how to sit with this emotional feeling coming up and choosing to reflect on it and understand if you're in a fear-based place or is there something some wound that's coming up that's asking to be felt so that you can learn how to transmute that and release it so that your body can reacquaint itself and recalibrate to this place of calmness even when an old trigger comes up. That's the healing work and healing sounds so beautiful but it can be so hard. That is the challenging healing work and when you're in that place of healing work you know, sometimes you start to feel like you have honed in on those skills, but sometimes the people around you have not yet. And that can be challenging. And you may want to be in that place of like wanting to change others or control others and kind of, you know, how do I help them get to this place now that I've realized this for myself or what have you. But that essence of wanting to control that is still a reflection of one's own, like, discomfort with that being out of their control. Right. And it's like with the judgment, right? It'd be so much easier, easier to say, like, this thing that you're doing is making me feel uncomfortable. So if you could just fix that, I won't be uncomfortable around you anymore. That's not love, right? Like that's that's coming from a place of control. And so the best way, again, when we're talking about like monitor your own knee-jerk reactions. Just stick with yourself, monitor yourself because we can't control what other people do. Even if you do the work and you do the healing for your own self, people in our lives are still going to react and respond from their own place of being and their emotional state, what's going on in their life. So we never have control over how people are going to be around us and what impact that will have on our emotional state. But what you can do is tune into yourself, really check in with yourself in moments like that when you feel those reactions coming up, those deep triggers coming up, and use that as an opportunity to do your healing work, to show up differently in your relationships when you can't control how other people are, right? So rather than judging others, rather than judging how they're handling their stuff, keep directing that focus to yourself. When you notice a judgment, that's an opportunity to look back at yourself. So tend to your own needs. Take care of yourself. You know, you're, you're primary and you can't give to other people and you can't help other people when you're not giving to yourself and tending to yourself, right? As we've said, like this ability for self-love and compassion, your capacity for that, for other people, reflects the capacity you have for yourself. So... When you contend to yourself with love and compassion and and know that there's no scarcity of that with yourself, it will just flow out of you to be able to give that to other people. But it's harder to give that to other people when you're like, hey, no one's giving that to me. Like I could use some of that, you know, and that's when resentment happens. So give yourself that love, give yourself that tenderness, that patience, that understanding that you wish people would give to you. Fill yourself up with that because you deserve it and we need it. Be your own best friend. Be your own cheerleader. Be the self-love that you need. Fill that cup because it will be easier to respond from a place of love when you've filled yourself up from that place, right? It may not be easy. There may be things that trigger us, um, right? But And it may, you know, like activate your whole nervous system again, because it's a deep trigger. But when we act from that place of self-love and tenderness, we choose to react from love rather than fear. So that's why when I say the takeaway is just leaning into those knee-jerk reactions as an opportunity to self-reflect. Because how are we going to choose love versus fear if we don't even know we're responding from a fear-based response? If we don't even know that that's what's happening to us. So the knee-jerk reaction is an opportunity to notice and identify that an emotion is getting triggered in you. And so when you're able to notice it and identify that that shift has been made in your nervous system, you can then be able to observe it, observe the reaction, notice that you're having it. And realize, okay, well, maybe I need a second to observe this feeling. I need to self-reflect for a second. I need to calm my nervous system to be able to react from a place that reflects my love and values in who I am, rather than reacting from this knee-jerk place of survival and fear. Right? You can ask yourself reflection questions of, "Am I having a fear response?" Is this behavior, this knee-jerk reaction that I want to do, was this modeled for me growing up? Was this the same defense mechanism that's trying to protect me right now? The same mechanism that a caregiver showed me and actually wounded me, right? Like, Am I trying to wall up and judge and put up um, judgments and and rejections to someone else? Because that's exactly what my caregiver did to protect themselves. And now I'm doing the same thing and it's just trying to protect me. And I can choose to do something different and break that cycle. And it all starts with noticing. Observing yourself free of judgment. Observing your knee-jerk reactions with self-love and compassion. And that's the key to be able to shift how we show up with other people, but more importantly, how we show up to ourselves, because that will reflect how we show up with other people. So it starts with us, it starts with the relationship with yourself. And I can attest to seeing such beautiful shifts with the people that I work with, you know, seeing how much working on their own self-love and Opening up that capacity, extending their capacity for self love and understanding with themselves has been able to change how much they can just extend that to people in their life that they maybe did not have the capacity to share that with before. Someone they used to criticize and judge and get frustrated with now. It is so much easier to do that now that they have worked on that self love and built that up for themselves and also being able to reflect on how the little compassion they may start to extend to other people when they notice their judgments, when they notice their frustrations, it's now an opportunity for them to look back at themselves and realize that maybe, oh, I need to still work on my self-love. So this is where it comes back to, that relationship with yourself. If you can create that self-loving and self-compassionate relationship with yourself it will help you be able to extend that to other people and rather than react from judgment to protect you can teach yourself that it's okay and safe to lead from a softer place lead from a place of love and compassion to not just bridge that connection with other people bridge the connection with yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lightcast podcast. Remember new episodes are out monthly. You can also visit me at my website www.stephaniegtherapy.com and you can also follow me on Instagram at stephaniegtherapy. Take care!